Welcome to the Love on the Go podcast, brought to you by Carolina's Matchmaker. I'm Lori Burzak, and for over 17 years, I've been helping singles find the relationship of their dreams all over the Carolinas. Along the journey, I've met so many amazing professionals and experts from various fields, and I'm excited to introduce them to you. What's my goal? I want to help you look at love and relationships in a new way and to grow in your understanding of how love works. Let's learn together how people have overcome personal obstacles and have found love, first and foremost, with themselves. The ultimate goal is realizing that you are worthy and deserving of love. Let's get started. Laura Tompkins. Hi, Laura. Hi. (laughs) So Laura is the owner of Laurel Bell Photography and Branding, and she does beautiful imagery for her people's websites and blogs and social media accounts. And she also has worked with me for how many years have we worked together? Six years. Six, I want to say. Six or seven. It's been yeah. a long time. Yeah. So to fill you guys in, what what Laura and I do together is like magic. So people hire me <laughs> for my online <laughs> dating right management program. And first we do styling with them. And then we we send Laura to, I mean, sorry, we send our clients to Laura. And we always have our stylist there and me sometimes. And then we take beautiful pictures. So Laura takes the most beautiful pictures of my clients. And it's this whole package that people purchase. And I mean, Laura, you have a way about you. You're really special. I have to tell you, like the way that you make people feel comfortable in the studio and outside, you're like giggly, fun. Like you, you put people to ease because a lot of times people don't like getting their picture taken, do they? I'd say 99.9% of people despise it. Yes. <laughs> Even people you think would love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Cause I always think this is going to be fun. And then I'm like, this is torturous. You're like, oh my God. <laughs> I know. Remember, I don't know if you remember the first time I had my pictures taken with you. I, I was I- like, it was so bad for me personally, because I was, I was wanting my image to look different than it was. It's like, all you have is me, you know, you don't, you're, the photographer is not going to change the way you look. She's going to enhance you. And I was trying so hard to control the narrative with it, right. which you really can't do. You need to yeah. hand it over to the photographer and let her do her magic or his magic, right? I completely agree. Yes. yes. And that's hard to do because you, I think that, especially with like Pinterest and stuff, like I think people will look at an image and think, I want to do that exact image. And you just, you yes. can't. Yeah, you, know what I mean? you can't recreate an image exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like going to the hairdresser with a picture of somebody and saying, "I want my hair to look like that." And the hairdresser's oh, yeah. like, "Well, you don't have the right texture, the right this, the right that." It's the same thing. Or the face shape's different, or your mm-hmm. eye colors like it changes everything, you know. And not in a bad way; it just is different, you know. No, exactly. And <laughs> so I remember from that shoot. In my opinion, if you can get like two good pictures out of any shoot, you're golden. And there were multiple pictures out of that original shoot. And I've had so many since then. And people can see my image on all of my social media stuff. And if you go to Laurel Bell Photography on Instagram and all that good stuff, you'll see, you'll see beautiful work that she does. But um, I'll tell you that like the majority of the people that hire me for this online dating management program, because of the photos are getting the attention that they deserve and need with online dating. Yes. I love and that because I mean, it's the a picture is worth a thousand words, you know. Shows it everything. really is, and like you basically <laughs> have like 
two seconds to make a first impression with online dating. That's all. I mean, it's no longer than that. Exactly. Swipe, swipe, swipe. That's all it is. So your picture better be good. And what I like about Laura's photography is it's natural lighting. We don't delete wrinkles. We don't shave off arms or body parts, make people look thinner. (laughs) None of that. Right. (laughs) We don't do that. (laughs) So the good news is when our clients meet people online dating, the people they're meeting are like, yep, you look just like your picture. Um, That's so important with online dating, of course. Yeah, it really, really is. So, um, so I just want to tell people that, you know, the programs that I offer include Laura in the, and it just, it makes it uh, successful period. And that's the end of the story. So of course they can go directly to you as well, but um, the, the packages are different when they hire people to, you know, people hire me directly. So Laura, you have done a lot of work on yourself and your, your self image and your body image. And I know there's some eating disorder stuff in your past, some cutting, and there's been a lot of stuff in your past and you, you're very open and vocal about it on, on your social media. So I'm not bringing up anything that, you know, isn't already aired. Yeah, of course. Of course. Tell me, because like this podcast is all about relationships with people and also that relationship with yourself, which is the most important thing before you can even imagine attaching yourself to somebody. So can you share with me your journey to self-love. And I know that's like such a huge loaded question, but like, tell me, give us your backstory, your history around it. And let's move from there. Yeah. Um, so I, um, I grew up, you know, with two parents that were very, very good to me and, and gave me a lot of like good self-esteem and all of those things. And they were great. And, but something happened when, and I don't have, um, a super good memory of it, but when I was in fourth grade, I was abused, um, sexually. And I don't remember a lot about it, to be honest with you. I've had a lot of therapy and a lot of, you know, I've even been asked, you know, do you want to be, it's like hypnotherapy where they put you under to try to help you not under, you know what I mean? To try to help you really like grasp what happened, but I've been kind of afraid to do that for multiple reasons, but I kind of think when I think about my life, it's almost like it's like pre pre that happening and who I was then and post that happening and who I was immediately after. And my Laura, was it like a family member or like a, do you even know who it is? I have a really, it's really funny. Part of me thinks it might've been multiple people. Um, There's somebody, um, a a minister who I was very close to, who I think it might've been. And there's also a family member. I think it might've been the the closest thing I have is I know he had a beard and that's like to this day, if I see a, an older man with like a really scruffy beard, like even now talking about it, it like makes my stomach turn. So it's like a trigger. Um, so that's really the most I remember. And I, I think it's just part of like trauma is like, you just kind of block something out to protect yourself. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Um, but it's really funny or not funny, but interesting because my parents can literally, they've told me over and over again, like one, you went to sleep one day, this super happy, happy go lucky child who would do like dance routines in the kitchen, like super outgoing, like nothing could stop you to literally the next day. It's like the light was drained from my eyes. Wow. And, um, I remember it. Like, I remember, I don't remember what happened, but I remember that sudden feeling of like, Oh, like dread and like sadness and like something really bad happened. Mm. Um, and I kind of think that my life since then has been kind of a journey to like get back to myself. 
Mm-hmm. And a lot has happened with, um, you know, I've had a lot of relationships with men, multiple relationships with men, and starting from when I was just a teenager to where they just treated me horribly. And I, mm-hmm. and quite frankly, I let, kept letting it happen because I was like, well, at least they're, at least they're paying attention to me. Mm. You know, as sad as that sounds now, now that I've reflected on it, like I've kind of realized that that's what I was, was doing was like, well, at least I have a boyfriend. I mean, he's treating me like crap, but at least I have one. He's cheating on me, but at least I have one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I know, and again, from so much therapy that stems from being treated that one way. Like my first sexual experience was a bad one. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. so that damaged my self-esteem kind of going forward. That is a lot of information, but that's kind of where all that, all of that, my self-doubt and self, like, everything that I've been through in my life, which I'm happy to get into, um, just kind of stems from. Yeah. Well, it's like the first, um, sexual experience that you have is what feels like home. That's like the dominant, right. That's yeah. yeah. So then you're sort of seeking in life, something that matches that weird home feeling. Oh my God. That's so true. I've never looked at it that way, but yeah, that is so Mm -hmm. true. So true. Yeah. Yeah. So did you start the therapy when you were young or did that come later? Um, I started when I was young. Um, my okay. parents put me um, in touch with a therapist and okay. I went, I remember going once and they were with mm-hmm. me and it, I, it was very uncomfortable. It wasn't a good experience. Um, and mm-hmm. so I told them I don't want to go anymore. And they just, they respected that and said, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And then years and years and years later, I sought out therapy on my own because I actually was working for um, a local nonprofit in Charlotte that specializes or helps children who are going through sexual abuse. And it started to trigger a lot of things for me. And um, I became close with some of the women that worked there. I was on the development team. So I did marketing and things like that, but I I did see a lot of bad things that came through there Mm -hmm. and it started to trigger me. And I was like, I really need to get help for this because it is just sitting on me constantly. And so yeah. I started a therapist who I see, I still see her, the same woman, like off and on to this day, like she knows me probably better than anybody. Okay. And, and, um, and I highly, I mean, it's, it changed me. I mean, it just made, just to have that outlet to talk to somebody who's not biased and, you know, I can just say whatever, you know, to her. Yeah. Therapy is so important for, for everyone. And I'm so delighted that you have somebody really, really good. Um, yes. What was the nonprofit called? Uh, Pat's Place Child Advocacy yeah. Center. Yeah. yeah, I've heard of yeah. that. Really good things about that organization. So there are so many women and men who have been sexually abused and they, you know, they keep it to themselves or shame involved. There's our bodies shut that part of our brain down to protect ourselves from thinking about it. There's a lot. I mean, the human body is just brilliant. It is. It's um, crazy. When were you able to start? I mean, I know it's a trickle down effect with the self-love piece, but do you feel like there was like one moment where you had like a light bulb moment or some kind of epiphany or anything where you were like, okay, this is a turning point for me. Is there anything you can share that is Um, helpful to people to hear like what your first step was towards that journey? Yeah, honestly, I mean, it really started about this time last year, which I know sounds like, despite the fact that like, I'm older now. And like, so much has happened in my life. I, how old are you now? I'm 42. Okay. Uh, And I just, 
it, it wasn't, I don't remember like a, a certain like exact moment when it happened, <laughs> but I really, I was going through a lot of life changes and I started to really concentrate on myself mm-hmm. in a way I'd never had before. Um, I think because I've, al- I've always been the kind of person that, and I don't know if this is my personality or if it stems from the abuse or if it's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. I've always been the kind of person that if I'm in a relationship, whether it be a friendship or a uh, more like, you know, significant other relationship, I go all in, I am like in like Flynn, like mm-hmm. I am like, I am your ride or die. I'll do anything for you. I love, like, I am all in and I give my all. And I honestly go almost too far sometimes where I'm like, mm-hmm. I lose myself. Okay. And I, I went from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship. And I think that caused me to never really have a chance to be like, set, take a step back and think, well, what do I want? And what makes Mm. me happy? And what, what drives me, you know what I mean? Versus what, what does this other person see in me and what do they like about me? And I think I finally was able to take the time to do that. And it really opened my eyes. It was hard. But mm-hmm. I think that was kind of the, and again, I don't know an exact like moment because it was yeah. it, it was a little bit of time, but I will say it was about this time last year and it's kind of ebbed and flowed since then, but I definitely see, a, can feel a change in myself for sure. That's beautiful. And yeah. something that I've learned about, you know, people that have been abused or are being abused is from what I understand is that if, if the person that you're with is abusing you more than you abuse yourself. That's when you're able to walk away. And if you're at like a high threshold of abusing yourself, like so used to self-harm and beating yourself up and ruminating and all that, all that stuff, it's kind of hard sometimes to even for anyone to hit that level. But if they do, then all of a sudden it's like, okay, this is not working for me anymore. I'm out. Yeah. And it takes a lot sometimes when you're kind of used to abusing yourself physically and emotionally. Oh yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I definitely am. I will heavily admit that I, I am super hard on my, not just hard on myself, but very, like very in my head about everything. Like I let things really, like, I'm always like, did I mess that up? Did I do that wrong? Did I, it's, it's just this constant like churning and it's not healthy. I'm, and I'm sure everybody's like that to an extent, but I feel like I way too far with it. And and I would let, like, it got to the point where I was like, this is, I'm, this is too much. I can't live like this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, and also what it reminds me of is kind of your, your spirit telling your head, cause that's different, you know, like this isn't working for me anymore. Yeah. You know, cause there's, no, exactly. yeah, mm-hmm. there's a real distinction. It's like our heads, our brains are trying to figure things out all the time, but there's this all knowing part of ourselves that can look at our brains that's bigger than our brains, our soul, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, that's like, no, this isn't working for me anymore. I don't know. There's just ways of looking at ourselves. Yeah. I think you're, I've never thought about it that way, but you're, I think mm-hmm. you're right. I yeah. really. So that must be what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And I did, um, I do, I'm very spiritual. And like, I think that I mm-hmm. did like my relationship with, with God or what, however you see that mm-hmm. entity. <laughs> um, I, that became stronger. And I started to realize like, it's okay. Like I'm, I'm going to be okay. Like I have this, I have this relationship with God and that's all I need. Yeah. I love that. That sounds super simple, but I mean, it helped. (laughs) Well, no, I've heard that before. It's, um, it makes sense. Sometimes I heard recently, um, 
that the hole that you have in your heart or in your, like, I guess the hole in your heart, when somebody passes away, somebody dies, yeah. can't, it can't be filled with, with a person. It needs to be filled with, you know, faith, you know, I- or for people that don't have, you know, a higher power, you know, it needs to be filled with spirit or some, some, some kind of energy because people can't do it for you. Oh, they can't and I think even bigger kind of to you and they just can't mm-hmm. as much as some of them may want to, you know? Yeah. So one of your, I want to, I want to read out loud one of the, um, Instagram posts that, sure. that you wrote and it really, really hit home, um, for me when I read it and I was like, wow, part of me was like, I can't believe she wrote that. Like, that was like really brave, <laughs> incredibly <laughs> Brave. And the two photos that came along with it were boudoir photos. Oh yeah. Okay. I think I know what you're talking about. Then. Where yeah. you look stunningly gorgeous, but kind of with a sullen look on your face. You're not like smiling at the camera. You're kind of looking away. You're like, I feel good about who I am, but I'm not looking at the camera. This isn't for you. This is for me. That's what I got from the photos. Oh, I love that Lori. That's so cool. But that's what you got from that. I love that. Yeah. I loved it. And this is what, this is what you wrote at 16. My boyfriend constantly body shamed me, no boobs, too skinny, and just all out was awful. You're too quiet. You're too reserved. Nothing was good enough. The college boyfriend was worse. No joke. He put a pillow over my face when we were making out because he only liked me for my body. Then there were the friendships that stopped when I started finding my voice and speaking up, growing into my skin. Who do you think you are sharing your body like this? Ladies and gents, the lesson is people can be really, really mean and their harsh words and actions can stick with you for a lifetime and become part of your DNA. I let that be me for a long time. And that person who I once was never in a million years would have thought she could model or run a business or be told she was good at something or even multiple somethings. But when I finally flipped the switch, and started listening only to the people that matter and to my own heart, things slowly started changing. And as I opened my former broken self to new possibilities, instead of telling myself I wasn't enough, those doors kept opening up wide to let my real self in. And then you talked about how you've spread in a magazine and you're really proud. And then you wrote, don't let anyone tell you what you can or cannot do with your life, your body or your heart that all belongs to you. Wow. That's incredible. Thanks, Lori. I think I'm going to cry. <laughs> Sorry. It's, <laughs> it's so it's, interesting to hear someone read it out loud to me. That's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> how many of us can relate to this? I'm sure you know, many can. Unfortunately. So many people, so many of us have had these negative relationships with men. Um, so many of us have body shamed ourselves, you know, and thought we weren't pretty enough or, and meanwhile, you're an exceptionally gorgeous woman. I mean, physically and mentally and spiritually, all of it. And the fact that even someone like you would feel this way, you know, I mean, sometimes it's like the most beautiful people are the hardest on themselves or think the lowest of themselves. And, you know, what, what does that do to the rest of us? <laughs> the regular people out there. But it's true because, you know, as a matchmaker, I've had s- some stunning women, like model-esque people sure. that will sit in front of me and tell me 
they, they shame themselves and they, they talk about how ugly they are, how they think they're overweight. Meanwhile, I'm looking at them and I'm like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And it has nothing to do with the way we look. It's just all about in our brains. Yes. We can just, it's so horrible what we can do to ourselves. So, you know, you, you have, you've really, it's like, you're a butterfly. You've metamorphosized. So give us some tips. Like, are there some things that you have done that have helped you with this? Yeah. Um, I, a couple of things I want and I kind of touched on this in that post. I, mm-hmm. I've had a lot of friendships and relationships in my life that were toxic for lack of a better word. And I kept mm-hmm. them in them, I think for so long, and this is multiple things throughout my whole life mm-hmm. that I stayed with. And I think I said this at the beginning, just because I was like, well, they like me. So I'm just going to stay even mm-hmm. if it's Mm-hmm. And I've started to realize that that does nothing for me or for them or for anybody. And I've really like this past year, especially really like delved into my female friendships and really, really put a lot of effort into them, into the ones that like, I really feel like there's a connection and I feel like we get each other. Mm-hmm. And that has really helped me to kind of see myself the way other people see me a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, because they will be honest with me. You know, it's not all like sunshine and rainbows, like they're hard on me too, mm-hmm. but it's very honest and it comes from a really genuine place. And it helps me to like, if I'm spiraling into like this mental state that I don't need to go down that I used to do all the time, mm-hmm. they, they can pull me back in and I can say, look, like one of my best friends name is Abby. I'll say, Abby, I am, I'm spiraling right now. I am in my head about X, Y, Z, about, and she'll, she'll be like, she'll pull me back and say, like, let's look at the bigger picture. You're thinking about this way too much. Okay. And it just helps to have some kind of outlet where you just kind of get it out. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I just think just having those friendships or relate or whoever, just having a couple people or one person that you can do that with is just mm-hmm. makes such a difference. Yeah. So just a touch point, someone to keep you grounded and somebody that you, people huh. that you can just be your true self with and can sort of say snap out of it. This you're okay. Yes. I mean, it really, I mean, obviously it's not immediate, but it definitely Mm -hmm. helps, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. And what prompted you to start doing the modeling and really starting to show off your body? Because no matter how many friends you have and you talk about it, it doesn't mean you're ready to do a spread in a magazine. (laughs) (laughs) In a boudoir. I know. I still can't believe I'm doing that. But, um, but yeah, a couple of things, like, I think that I had always kind of had people tell me I couldn't Mm. and kind of what I talked about again in that post, like the going from a boyfriend who made me feel ugly for lack of a better word, who was like, I'm not telling anybody I'm dating you because you're not pretty enough or you're too quiet or your boobs aren't big enough. And that Mm. was in high school to one that was like, Oh, your body's great, but your face, ugh, like, Mm have people say things like that to you is so damaging. And there was so much more than that. That's not even the tip of the iceberg, but people, oh, and then I have a very distinct memory of when I was a child, I think I was like in second grade and I was at one of my friend's houses and we found her dad's playboys. I will never forget this. Like, and, and her dad was literally the, the kind of, like, if you were to look up in the dictionary, the picture of a creepy old man, that was him. Like, seriously, he was. And um, 
And I mean, I don't think he was the one that hurt me or anything. He just was, he just like, he gave you that vibe. Okay. And, uh, I remember we, we, he caught us looking at them. And then later on that day, he took me aside and he said, you'll never look like these girls. Oh. And I will never forget. And I was like, what is that? I mean, that could mean so many different things, but I will never mm. forget it. Mm. And it was so weird and like out of left field and, but it's always stuck with me. And like, not that I think that I look like a playboy model. I'm not saying that, but like, just, just that, that somebody telling you, you can't do something is like, for me, such a motivation to be like, yes, I can. I just like just stepping away from that for a moment. What <laughs> adult man tells a child that a child, information like that is or eight, I don't remember, second, whatever grade you are, or age you are in second grade, like, but things that people say to you, like, that stick with you like that, Mm -hmm. it's like, and I'm sure there was more to the context of it, but that's what I remember, like, I'm sure there was way more to it, I mean, not that it was right, but it stuck Mm -hmm. with me. Yeah, it's like his shame at being found out, basically, he flipped it around to try to make you feel shame. Exactly, like, shameful for looking at these pictures. When he's the one that owned it. Yeah. You know, of course. (laughs) Not knowing what the hell I'm looking at. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. For sure. Um, Did you did you ever tell did you ever tell your friend that he said that? I bet you didn't. Nope. Nope. Because we didn't do that. You know I wouldn't say anything. (laughs) No, it's not just you, it's all of us. No, you're I mean, think about it. Like we don't talk about we're developmentally, we just don't do it as, as, you know, young people, even high school, like, think about it. Like we didn't talk about family systems and trauma with our high school friends. It's not till college that that comes out. I agree. I agree. And and it doesn't come out until you have a friend that shows you how to do it. That was my experience. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's not a natural thing to start opening it up uh, up to people. No, Um, it is Definitely not. Especially if you're not, I mean, I'm very naturally introverted. So like, it's not my nature to be like, Hey, let me tell you like what I'm telling you right now. It's mm-hmm. not my nature to be that way. So yeah, it's hard to like suddenly start telling somebody about a trauma or something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So friendships are one way to kind of start getting yourself grounded and coming back to self-love. Um, what did you do to start accepting your body? Um, that's a really good question. I stopped. So I, um, candidly, I used to scratch and I've talked about this on Instagram. I Mm -hmm. used to scratch the heck out of myself. Like Mm -hmm. I would cut myself, not, not cutting with like a razor or anything, but just like scratching, Mm -hmm. um, because I liked that release. Um, and it was a little bit of pain. Yeah. Kind of. I think that was the release. Okay. Um, I haven't really like thought about it too much as to like why I did it, but I'm sure that was part of it. But I think a big part of it was like in my head, I was thinking, well, these people say my body isn't enough. Let me make it even more not enough. Like, mm. let me make it uglier. Okay. Like, let me prove that it's ugly. And that sounds really messed up, but I really think that that's kind of what I was doing. Okay. Um, and also kind of let me, like, I got to the point where if I was in a relationship with a man, Mm-hmm. I literally did not want to be naked in front of him because I hated my body that much. I was like, he can't see me like this. Like all lights need to be off. Mm-hmm. My shirt needs to stay on like the whole, a whole thing. And, um, 
after a while, and then I like, and part of that was, oh, I got to cover that scratch. You can't see that mm. scratch. That's like shameful, you know? Mm. Um, but after a while, when I started like getting away from those, those people that not that they were making me feel that way. Cause a lot of that was just from my past. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of realized that I slowly stopped doing that to myself. And like, okay. now I don't have like any scratches on my body, except from scars that are just still there from having done it so hard. And once I started to realize those scars had kind of gone away, I was like, oh my God, like I, I kind of like my body. Like it's not perfect and it never will be, but there are parts of it that I can accept now Mm. that I'm not ashamed to hide, that I'm not feeling like, oh, I got to hide behind this outfit and I got to hide behind this baggy shirt or like whatever. I was like, no, I look pretty good and I've worked hard. Like I work out really hard and I eat really well and I do all those things and like, why not embrace it? You know Mm. what I mean? And that sounds really strange, but I was like, I just, you know, why not? And, and I just, I started to feel like confident in that. And, and people said all kinds of mean things, but I was like, I don't care. Right. And I don't know how I shift. I wish I had a better answer for how I shifted that, but I don't know if that makes sense. Well, you started accepting yourself. Yeah. And then once you did accept yourself, um, you know, scars and all, you were like, okay, I accept myself and you weren't looking for outside, you know, gratification for your insides you didn't need other people right giving you kudos anymore and then you were able to release that's really yeah that's interesting I think that's a big part of it is I for so long I felt like I needed um validation like I needed some whoever I was with to be like you look amazing and like if they weren't Mm -hmm. saying that I was like oh I must not right you know so one small thing I think that people can do I know this is this is how I help myself with my self-image um, journey, which I've definitely gone through myself as have most people, men and women. Oh yeah. For sure. Women more so than men. Um, from my experience when talking to people, but is when I, I used to look in the mirror and think, Oh, you know, and put myself down. Like I would look at different body parts and put myself down for them. Then I started just saying it's enough. Like I'm done with this now. And then what I did is I started looking at like the body parts that I did like, you know, I like like this part about me. I like that part about me. I like my eyes. You know, I would start off small and I even started off by saying, I love you to myself in the mirror, which is hard to do. Cause it's like, you just start laughing at yourself. Like I can't believe I'm saying this. It doesn't feel natural, you know, not at all, not (laughs) at all. Um, but when I started doing it more often, um, I started to believe it and I started to accept myself. And then I would look, and then there was a point in time where I remember looking at myself in the mirror and starting to go there with the negative self-talk. And I said, no, I'm done with that now. I'm done. I'm not putting myself down anymore. And it worked. And then there were a few times where I was like going backwards, like, oh, but I've got that going on. And I was like, nope, we don't do that anymore to ourselves. Like it was kind of like this higher level of thinking again, just saying, I, I, I'm done with putting myself down. I'm just done. It got to be too much. Yes. Too much. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then yes. I just, I accepted myself. I just did. I just started to accept myself. And boy, can I tell you how much it feels better. It does, doesn't it? It's just yeah. like, you. It's, it lifts this giant weight off you that you don't even know yeah. you're 
carrying around because it takes up so much of your time and your energy. And it's like, why am I doing this? What's the point? That's right. You know? And and it wasn't like anyone else was saying it to me, just myself. Exactly. You exactly. know, I have people That's that love point. me. You know, they were never saying it to me ever, not in a million years. No, but we're, yeah. I think we're our own worst. We are always our own worst critic. And we see mm-hmm. these things that like, as a photographer, I see it all the time. Like people will say things to me and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't see that at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so support system, faith system, if you have it, or try to, to find something bigger than yourself to kind of lean into and stopping the negative self-talk around body image are three ways from what I've gotten out of this conversation that you can help towards that journey of acceptance. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Am I missing anything big? The only other thing I would say that's um, helped me that, and that I've also kind of challenged myself with this year is um, a lot of us are on Instagram and we yep. see all these people and their filters and, and not, I mean, I'm guilty of it. We all are. Okay. Um, making ourselves look a little bit different than we actually do. And I think that I know I'm really bad and I used to be really bad about rabbit holing with that and like looking at someone's perfect family and not, I mean, Mm. not just their looks, but like what they seem to have. Yeah. And this year I've, I've met a lot of really great new people. And for instance, I met, I made friends with this one person who I thought literally had the perfect life. Yeah. Like, perfect child, the perfect husband, the, the Instagram was perfect. And then when I got to know her, it was like complete opposite. But if you were to look at her Instagram and her captions, you would think, oh, wow, I want to be just like her. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of opened my eyes to like, it's not real. And I think that's Mm -hmm. another reason why when I'm on Instagram, I try to, my captions, I try to write things like what I did when I'm in that space. Yeah. Another tip is I, um, I, I also help with, um, I do marketing and branding and stuff for other, some businesses. And I, mm-hmm. there was a woman that candidly, I was at an event with a couple of weeks ago that I was super intimidated to meet. She's stunning. Okay. And I, w- I told myself, I was like, I kept thinking, oh my God, I'm going to have to stand next to her. And, and people are going to be looking at me like, ew, she's the ugly one. And like, literally I went a rabbit hole, like massively. Mm. So instead I made, I was like, Laura, that is not you anymore. Stop. And I made myself like go up to her and say, Hey, it's so nice to meet. And we had talked a couple of before. I was like, it's so nice to meet you. What can I do for you? Like, how can I help you throughout this, this event? And Mm -hmm. we are now we're like, we became like super good friends and I'm like no longer intimidated by her. And she said all these great, nice things about me as well. And I'm like, why was I scared of this person? Like I was building something up in my mind that wasn't Mm -hmm. even real. Yes. Oh yeah. I'll do that. And then you meet somebody and you're like, they're nothing like I thought they were going to be, you know? Yeah. Put them on a pedestal. There's no reason we're all on the same level. Yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. And some people there are, I'm not saying that everybody's great out there that you meet. Sometimes you meet people and you're like, oh God, I don't like that person. That's okay too. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. I just think that we need to be a little bit more open and, and realize nobody's perfect, you know? Mm-mm. Yeah. The packaging on the outside does not always fit what's going on on the inside. And people don't usually overshare on social media. And if they do, we're like, what's going on there? No, seriously. I mean, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you allowed yourself to be vulnerable, which let people in. And then as a result, you and I are having this conversation, which I am positive is going to help somebody. I hope so. I really yeah. do. 
for sure. And that's what this is all about. Um, I appreciate you so much for all the wonderful work that we do together, bringing love to our, our, uh, incredible online dating clients and everything. Uh, Yeah. It's so fabulous being in your presence. Um, do you have a charity that, that you would like for people to give to if they, you know, having you in mind, is there anything that you really affiliate with? Uh, definitely Pat's place that I mentioned Mm -hmm. before. Um, they, um, uh, I still do some, like I do, they have an event every year. There's a big fundraising event and always go photograph it and try to stay involved. But basically, um, any child in, uh, Charlotte that's been abused or even human trafficked, um, goes through Pat's place and they get, um, basically it helps a child not to have to go multiple times through a court system and tell their story over and over and over and over again. Instead, they tell it once it gets recorded and then that gets sent to like the courthouse if it goes to court. So that child basically doesn't have to be re-traumatized over and over again. And then they also start them on the healing process with counseling and helping their family and whatever other avenues they need to start to feel better. And, um, I have worked with a lot of different charities in Charlotte and I can honestly say this one, like your money is actually, it's literally like, you can see it working. Like, it's not just like one of those things where you're like, let me give this money. I don't really know what it's doing. Yes. Um, It's amazing. Okay. Wonderful. I'll put the link in the show notes. (laughs) Once again, we can find you where at Laurel Um, Bell photography on Instagram. And then my website is the same at laurelbellphotography.com. I'm on Facebook and Twitter too. I'm just not quite as active there. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) You are really active on on Instagram. So that's lovely. Um, Incredible to see you again, Laura, as always. And thank you for your time. And we will see you soon. Thanks for listening to Love on the Go. I hope you join us on our next episode. You can make sure to know when it is by following us wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, if you enjoyed it, it'd be great if you left us a review. I'd appreciate it. In the meantime, to learn more about me and how my team can help you, visit carolinasmatchmaker.com. Until next time.